<laughs> Indeed. And as always, thank you for spending the next hour with us on your Sunday. Hope you guys are having a, a nice holiday weekend. So today we are really pleased to welcome Daniel Horowitz from My Heritage back to the show, who's going to be talking through a lot of new features and functionality over at My Heritage. And he just showed Donnie and I something in our virtual green room that literally blew our minds. So we really, have... I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm still like, whoa. <laughs> in the best possible way. So as always, Daniel, welcome to the show. So pleased to have you. Hello, Brian. Hello, Donya. And thank you very much for your invitation. Happy 4th of July, everybody in the United yeah. States. And mm -hmm. for people like me, well, we can just uh, enjoy from the other side of the pond or whatever you are today. Yes, by the way, um, Daniel, guys, he's coming from, he's, he's all the way from Israel today. So, yes, remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and always with pleasure. Yes, we love it. We yeah. love it. So, I'm going to be really cheeky. And if you, I'm not sure if what you just showed us was what you were going to queue up first to walk through. I mean, the, the platform's yours. But I'm, I was kind of hoping we could lead with that one, because I, I think that the audience is just going to be wowed by that. Uh, well, I was actually waiting and, and hoping to leave that kind of to the end. Okay. Uh, okay. Otherwise, you know, we're blowing everything in the first shot. <laughs> All right, go ahead. But, <laughs> but I, have, I have something very good to start with, Brian, because mm -hmm. uh, we keep working always on new things and new improvements on my heritage. Uh, one of the things I really love from this company is that um, not like others, and I'm not going to mention because it's not only in the genealogy world, you know, companies uh, comes with something new and then they just put in the back burner everything else. Well, on my heritage, we try to move forward everything at the same time. Uh, goes without saying that that means that it's a lot of work for us, uh, but we're always very happy to be able to do it. And uh, one of the projects that we had for many, many years was the family tree view. And we have created uh, a fan view and we have created um, a pedigree view and a list view, and we keep improving those. But the most used, the regular family view, has been left uh, a little bit back. And we lately uh, pushed that into uh, the new era. And I'm going to share now the view so everybody can see. And probably some of you will be already familiar with this uh, new view of the family tree because uh, we also love to hear feedback from the people. So what we do is we release a feature uh, to a certain amount of users and we see how they react, we hear their feed feedback and we fix some of the things that may not be perfect. After all, that is what my heritage always wants, to, for you to have the perfect tools. Um, and one of the things that I was uh, sharing with you is the, this new option to view the tree. It's a little bit more compact uh, it will allow you to view, this is in the long uh, um, view or, or the long cards, but you can reduce these cards 
to half of it. And then on the number of uh, generations, and I'm going to move a little bit fast here on the PowerPoint, uh, you can select not only to view five generations up and down from the person that you are selecting, but also to see cousins of that main person. So you will have more people uh, per inch or, or per square inch in your uh, screen, and you will be able to view and understand better how are the relationships of those people with everybody. And I would imagine that that's a view and that in a way of looking at it that would really help people trying to triangulate how they're written, triangulate to a common ancestor with their, with their different DNA matches. Uh, definitely. Uh, the pedigree view actually came to my heritage as a result of the DNA, because when you put your autosomal DNA out there, you're actually looking at both of your ancestors' line. So you want to have a pedigree view in order to understand which one is the further ancestor that gave you the DNA. But in this case, exactly. Here you can triangulate and you can see not only the ancestors, but the descendants. And you can try to put the person uh, that you matches and my heritage will tell you what is the um, a, a supposed relationship based on the DNA. And you can try to find out, okay, so if this is my second cousin twice removed, it has to be one of the descendants from my great-grandfather from this side. So it will be much easier to view. Now, another thing that we are improving here, and I'm going to move uh, probably a little bit faster over this. Um, it's on the left panel, okay? And here, normally, not with where the arrow is pointing out, but on the top, we normally tell you what is your relationship with this person. And in the past, my heritage had to limit the amount of steps or how far can we go with that relationship. So we now have better technology, and we're able to reach long tails with longer people related. We are going to show you that in a very nice design as a pop-up here in the screen, that you will be able to see it in other places as well, and you will be also able to save it or print it. So you can always have like a, a chart, which is kind of of a one-line chart of how you and other person are connected. That's excellent. Now, it may not be possible because of privacy issues, but if there was a way to hide the names and identity of living people, would there ever be a way to be able to export a part of a family tree like this um, to be able to embed it? Because a lot of genealogists, we, we actually write about our family history. We refer often back to our family trees, either in a story or an article that we're developing or methodologies. And to be able to actually have a bit of code to be able to copy and paste into like WordPress or whatever kind of um, web platform we're using would be awesome. Well, uh, first of all, let me tell you this. Uh, the tree is by default, semi-private, mm -hmm. meaning that whoever you don't invite 
to be a member of your family website will not be able to see leaving individual information. Like if I will share with you the URL of my site, but you're not a member, you will not be, be able to see me or, or my kids or my wife. You will be able to see my grandparents or great-grandparents. And that is the default setting on my heritage. And that is actually what you should look for because it's true those deaf people that we are going to make connections with others. Now, in order to put pieces of DNA of uh, family trees, other places, uh, I will definitely suggest to use printouts, either in PDFs or uh, the charts uh, companions that we have. And it will be also easier for people to understand uh, the relationships with those individuals and uh, the different parts of what you want to show in your book or your website. I don't think that we're going to allow you to copy a code and show it someplace else. And it's basically because one very simple reason. Once we have code outside our servers and our environment, that makes it vulnerable for hackers to be able to learn and to go into your website. And MyHeritage takes very good pride on taking care of your privacy and the secure of our servers. So that's why we want to keep all the code in-house. Yep, that's a fair point. It is. It reflects the world we live in, unfortunately. Yep. Now, uh, one of the other things that MyHeritage has invested lately, uh, it's in pictures. Uh, and you know that we have released uh, the in-color technology and we have released the enhanced technology. And uh, one of the very latest technology was the animation and I know that at least 90 million pictures has been animated already uh, in social media. Yeah, social media is, is all exploded about that and not only animating our ancestors, but also other images and, and other uh, brand names that have faces and people were hysterical about that. Uh, so what we did is we increased the number of uh, drivers, what we call drivers, uh, to animate those different faces. Uh, so I'm going to show you a new one uh, right now in a couple of minutes. But there is one more step that we were missing. And, and funny, when I put all these presentations together, uh, when I realized that actually we came back with all the process kind of done the reverse order. Um, because if you will upload it today, a picture, uh, now we're offering you the possibility to repair an image that will have some scratch and will have some uh, areas of the photos, you know, uh, historical photos, mainly that people kept into their pockets or they send uh, through the mail and, and they had to fold it. And then you see all those scratches and all the things in, in all photos. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that, Donya. That, that scratch right there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Scratch. Okay. And, uh, and, and the, the bad thing is that, you know, you can take your camera and you can take a picture of that photo and it will be a wonderful picture probably. 
It's a reproduction from the original, but it will not fix that scratch. Right. Uh, there are softwares that do that. There are even professionals that will actually take very careful, long time, but it will bring your picture almost to perfection. And there is still space for that. But here, my heritage just took that technology and made it available uh, for free or very inexpensive for people. And I, I would like to show you uh, one example, which is actually a photo from, uh, from my family, well, my wife's family, actually. But you know, when you're the genealogist in the family, uh, you just adopt everybody right. into your family, right? <laughs> Uh, and, and this is the picture. This is uh, a, um, a, uh, a zoom in on the face of the person and you can see all those scratches. Um, and, I, and I have to admit again, uh, with no problem that I played with this technology and a lot of photos. Not all of them were perfect. And actually this one is not perfect as well, but it came very good. So uh, let me move uh, here and I actually... Uh, we'll click here in the repair. And I was telling you about the order and the order that I will suggest you today, whenever you upload a picture to MyHeritage is the order that we are putting here, the buttons, meaning task number one or, uh, or the first thing that you should do is to repair the photo if needed, then to enhance, to colorize, and then to animate. Now, sometimes the technology will not detect that there is really a scratch in the photo and it will not show you the repair or it will not detect that the photo really needs to be colorized. All this can be accessed even if you don't see it up here, just from the three dots. And this is quite of important because it means that we're not offering you all our tools just because we have them. We analyze the image and we decide what you should be doing, but definitely the order is repair, enhance, colorize, and animate. And this is what I did here. And I want you all to pay uh, very good attention to the image. This is kind of the original one. And if I will go one more click, this is the Ooh. repaired. Okay. This is the before and this is the after. Wow. And again, it's not perfect. Okay. But it's quite good. Now, wait, because we also understand that sometimes, you know, a, a first wipe may not do the job. So in here on the settings part, we offer you uh, the next step, meaning uh, we just did a gentle repair, but some images will need the extensive repair mode. And by selecting that, you're gonna see how this image is really going to uh, improve. Now it's not, taking out all the imperfections. I will still be uh, stuck with the imperfection next to the eye and the technology right now cannot manage to fix that, but it's learning. So probably in a couple of months, I'm going to come back, I'm going to retry this and I'm, I'm going to be see that this uh, can also be fixed. Uh, and then, as I said, you enhance and you colorize and you even animate, okay? And you can see how Anne Beppy agrees with me that this technology is really magnificent.
<laughs> so, okay, I have, okay, so let me tell you, I, when I first saw this whole thing and making it move, my great, my grandmother, I try to make it, this lady right here, um, I never got the chance to meet, I never got the chance to meet either one of them because they both died when my, my grandmother died when my mom was 11. My grandfather died in 1964. I was born in 72. Um, but I was so excited about the whole movement thing. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to see her move for the first time, you know. And then when I saw it, I'm not going to lie, it freaked me out. <laughs> but I agree with you. I agree with you. It, it freaks you out. Yeah. But you had to play it again and again and again. It's, it's those things that really freak you out, but you cannot take your eyes out of this. Yeah, I did. Like, I can't, and I can't look at her mother because I also did her mother. And her mom's picture, she's very dark set up in the eyes area. So you can almost not see her. But yet, the way that you guys make the little smile come through, I saw the smile and I was like, okay, I will never look at my aunt, my great grandmother again. This is not, I'm not looking at that one. But it was, it's just amazing. So I want to ask, did you, did y'all get the idea to do the animation um, through, uh, from, from Harry Potter? Um, no. Uh, we just thought that we should give everybody the opportunity to see their relatives as, uh, first of all, as you remember them, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, because if you go with the people that you actually had the opportunity to see them alive, uh, you will remember them, not only in, in colors, okay, although the picture may be black and white, but also moving and, and smiling and, and doing some gestures. And that was the original idea of this. Now, I have to admit, same as you, when I animated my grandparents and I, I was fortunately enough to meet the fourth of them, uh, it looked weird because <laughs> I remember them moving, but the experience is totally different when you can animate a different person that you don't met that, and you never saw it moving and again the idea is never to say this is how your ancestors moved or this is how your ancestors looked like we are trying just to make uh, memories to trigger memories on each person for one side now the other side is also trying to pick the interest on the young people because one of the problems that we all have today is that we're competing. We're competing with mobile devices. We're competing with uh, media and, and, and multimedia and, and all kinds of things, uh, shiny objects uh, or, or shiny lights that distract them from old, nice, in, nice, in my perspective at least, things, uh, black and white historical things. So this is one way of picking their interests and say, oh, look, like Grandpa Harry can move and, and can wink and can smile. And, and actually that animation that I show you and uh, the, actually the best two animations that I like the most are the second batch of animations where we added some 
uh, kind of movement and groove and, and music. So you can see them more related to you today and not something from the very distant past. Mm. So when, when is that one going to show? Are those animations available now? The ones those are already here? available. Uh, what you need to do is when you go into the animation, uh, you, you can select uh, a different animation in a left pan- uh, right panel, I'm sorry, is going to appear with the 20. We, we currently have 20. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not allowed to say that we're working on more. Uh, I don't know for when. Uh, but the idea is just to bring you more and more animations, possibilities, and also uh, a little bit of other new things that we're thinking on what to do with this uh, technology. This is so awesome. Now, the other thing uh, that we released on my heritage lately is related to the mobile app. Um, and there is a reason also why to pay attention to the mobile device. Uh, it's not a secret that most of the people, and again, if we go to the younger generations, they're always with their mobile devices in their hands. So um, as a father, I keep trying fighting to take the mobile device from their hands, uh, <laughs> but I already learned that it's going to be impossible. So why not sneak into that mobile device a little bit of action? And uh, we have some uh, features on the mobile device, like uh, the timeline that you can create for every individual. But uh, we added uh, quite a couple of years ago already the possibility to record audio for your family tree. So you can interview any person in the tree or, or in your family and record their answers and the audio. And it will be attached to the person. So one one user, or I'm sorry, one uh, employee in the company, uh, Roy Mandel, he had this idea that instead of just simply interviewing uh, his father uh, with the profile and, and the family tree, he decided what if we can show him an image and actually record his experience of that image together with the image. And uh, that's what we did right here in the mobile device. Now, every picture that you upload will have a microphone down here in the corner. And when you click that and you allow the microphone uh, to be accessible on, uh, on the MyHeritage app, you simply need to let the person talk about the image, about when it was taken, Uh, who appears over there, why, why this is special or a special moment from that picture. And all this is going to be recorded on an audio file that is going to be kept together with the image. So you can share that with other members and they can come, uh, they can play the audio and you will have like forever the audio and the voice of the person telling you what this picture means for them. And we have tried and we have used it already for a couple of success stories that we have in the company. And it's really amazing to be able to reproduce that moment, both again, audiovisual. You're seeing the image, but you're also hearing the person telling the story. 
I'm I'm in shock. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this shock. Is, we have this one is part of what said, my heritage brings you. Yes, one person said I animated a grandmother that I never met. Although a bit jarring at first, it was so special to see her smile. I felt somehow closer to her. And he's right. I, I mean, I did feel closer to my grandmother. I've always felt like she sat so much on my shoulder. And um, I did feel closer to her. I was really freaked out with my great grandmother. Like I cannot look at hers anymore. But my grandmother's, I can, I can, I, I mean, I did. I felt closer to her. I will say that, but it freaked me out the first time. I was like, oh my God. So yeah. But <laughs> yeah. well, I'm loving that you can actually now add audio to a to a photograph. I mean, that's just such a simplistic thing. It, you say it and it seems really obvious, but until you actually see it, you don't even, you would, I wouldn't have even thought of pairing the two. And yeah. again, coming back, you know, a lot of us family historians and genealogists, we're storytellers. That just lifts story to, online storytelling to a whole new level. It does, it does. And, and it's, it's kind of a circle, you know, because this is actually how movies started, okay? First you had a picture, and then you had multiple pictures going at a very fast uh, speed. And then somebody decided to put a little bit of audio on top of that. And that is how movies were born. So we are kind of going back into the origins of what we have today. But also, as Donya said, uh, we're moving forward. Because if you see any futuristic uh, movie or uh, Harry Potter movie, uh, you're watching those pictures like move uh, in the wall and you say, wow, that's magic. But no, that's not magic. That's not future. That is already the present and, and the, what the technology can do for you. And it can do it also in many areas. So why not apply it also to genealogy? Um, we have one person who I think she missed where you where they can learn more about the My Heritage Photo Storyteller. I mean, that's going to be great, especially in our family, because the photos that we do have are amazing. Like I have this one photo of my um, my grandfather's church when they first got started. And the story the, the story of it is he's, you know, of who took not just who was in it, but who took it. So you are able to share that information and the pricelessness of it. Like this, this particular photo of my grandparents is actually a priceless photo because it was taken by a famous photographer. So to be able to tell the story of that photo and knowing that it's actually a priceless photo. I mean, his photos are in the Smithsonian. His name is um, Skurlock, Addison Skurlock. And he was a photographer here in D.C. But I have an actual photo of his in my house. So it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. But I'm sure it's priceless, not only because of the person that took it, but for but who appears yes, in yes. the picture. That is yes. what makes it priceless for yes. you. Yes. Uh, and yes, and, and same as you are doing right now, like you're showing us the picture and you're telling us the whole story. Why not having all that together? So yeah. for the person that asked, uh, I just went back a few images and I said that in the mobile device, and I'm showing here 
a phone, but it could be a tablet and it could be an Android or an iPhone. Uh, the MyHeritage app can be downloaded from any uh, and for any mobile device. So when you go into the picture, you will see on the top all the icons for enhance, colorize, repair, and you can do all that from the mobile device. But the exclusive feature from the mobile device is the option to click on the microphone down here and to record that story. And uh, I will suggest whoever wants to take advantage of this, not to record long pieces of stories, but probably not more than five to 10 minutes, because also you need to take in account of the people who is hearing the story. Right. And after, after five, eight minutes of the story, you know, uh, people want to do a pause and, and probably they're going to be uh, annoying. Okay, so I already heard this and, and you lose attention of the people. That's another problem that we have today. Not only everybody wants everything instantaneously, but we want it fast. Like, uh, I don't know if you notice, at least I do, did, thanks to my kids again, uh, this uh, WhatsApp application now allows you to speed forward whatever audio message somebody sends you. So you oh, are wow. not hearing it in real time, like in how people are talking. You're hearing it up to two times faster because... Mm. They don't have time. They just want things fast. Come on, give it to me. And that's it. Next. Okay. So, uh, so that is uh, important to remember. And the other tip that I have is this education.myheritage.com. That is a special area of the website called the knowledge base. And over there, you will have videos, you will have webinars, you will have articles, you will have a lot of material available, not only to understand better how to use my heritage, but how to do genealogy, how to be a better genealogy. So that was education.myheritage.com. Over there, you can learn everything that you need to know about genealogy and my heritage. I think Glenda, Glenda was the one that asked that question as to where, and I think she missed it because she was too busy animating herself. <laughs> and she said, she said, oh my God, I love it. So I think that might be how she, how she yeah, missed That's it. what happens. That's yeah, what so happens. We do have another question. Um, Itali Forbes said, is a premium paid membership required to access these special photographic features? Okay, uh, good question. And the answer is more or less. Uh, I'm not a salesperson. I'm a genealogist. And my heritage wants to give you a taste of everything. So you will have uh, a limited amount of tries. I think it's about 10, if I'm not mistaken, probably a little bit more, a little bit less. Uh, you can apply all these tools uh, for up to, let's say, 10 pictures for free. And then, uh, yes, uh, you will need a premium subscription. What can I tell you? Uh, somebody needs to pay for the electricity bill. Uh, and we're a for-profit company. And if we were not, uh, we will not be able to work so hard and bring you all these magnificent things. All right. And so what's that? 
I imagine the amount of coding that went into creating these tools was formidable. Well, uh, funny enough, remember that all this was actually created and released during COVID. Okay. Uh, And I, on my personal experience, and I do know, and I'm very sorry uh, that a lot of people lost their jobs and lost their businesses and had to put everything into pause. I, I cannot thank God enough that in my uh, type of work, uh, it actually grew exponentially. Uh, I'm, I'm really missing going into a plane and being able to go into a genealogy conference. And we had uh, like five or six of them that I normally attended in the United States. Uh, but in the other hand, being able to come just like as I am now virtually uh, through social media, to Facebook Live, YouTube, Zoom sessions, uh, it actually generated more work for me. So the, the opportunity to work remotely uh, and not spending that much time in the traffic, going to the office, coming back to the office, the opportunity to have instant meetings where I can show you my screen, uh, discuss a particular subject or so, that actually gave my heritage production uh, a push and made us more productive and ability to bring more things to you. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, now, um, I think it's uh, quite time. Uh, to go into the DNA world. Uh, and I actually have some screens here uh, prepared, but uh, Donya, you will very uh, impress uh, oh with God. yours. So if you agree, <laughs> I would love to show yours uh, so people will understand that this is not Daniel preparing uh, all the images and being ready for the presentation. I am ready. Just, I am ready. Just share the screen back to me. Okay. <laughs> Send That's the it. Back to me. And I would, yes, I would definitely um, do this. This time I'm going to use my mom. Because <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, but let me start. Is- let me start by explaining everybody that uh, a couple of minutes ago when we were back in the green room, uh, you were telling me, okay, so what is this new in the ethnicities and, and the genetic groups and, and like, how can I see it? Uh, and then you share screens with me and I explain it to you as I'm going to do uh, again with everybody so everybody can see it. Uh, and that you is gotta, really you what... You me host again. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh okay uh technical issues here as always i got it i got it yeah i thought that you made me co-host and it would let me make you co-host so that's why yeah okay no problem we can go back and forth yeah we might have to go back and forth Uh, no just go under dna and click on okay ethnicity estimate exactly So what I was telling you here is that uh, up till very recently, uh, we just came with an ethnicity estimation. In this case, for example, I'm talking about Nigerian. And we tell you that you are 54% Nigerian. But we took 
not only the ruler or, or the DNA samples that we have to compare and to tell you that you're Nigerian, we were able to compare each one of the 5 million DNA kits that we now have in our database. And we spice it with the family trees that are together with that DNA. And we analyze that to become with these genetic groups that you are seeing on the left side. Uh, so you will have some confidence level over there. But uh, it says that from the f- uh, f- f- from the 54 uh, Nigerian uh, ethnicity that you have, you have actually a group that is known to be in the Alabama area. And when you clicked over there, you, was, you were able to see the areas in the world with this type of DNA. So we're not saying that you're not Nigerian anymore. What we're saying is that your DNA can go down to a resolution of the DNA or similar DNA we found in, and you have over there on the left side, the numbers, 234 DNA kits, other DNA kits, and from those, 85 people had family trees. And we recognize that all that is in today, 1900s to the uh, 20s, uh, 2000 year, uh, there are in the Alabama area. But more impressive than that, or at least that's what you said, or what impressed you, is that you can move that slider back in time and you can actually see where those people were a couple of hundreds years before. And we identified that those people that today are residing in Alabama actually came from North Carolina and from Washington and from Virginia. And that is where they were in the 1700s. And uh, this can show you migration paths. You can see exactly how they came. And yes, we also identified that they came from England, actually. So your DNA is not less Nigerian, but is from this Nigerian group that came through England and through the United States, uh, probably New York, Pennsylvania, uh, Washington, and came like that into the U.S. Now, if you go to the left side and you scroll down a little bit, uh, you will be able to see also the places and the names that were in those family trees, and they are going to also react to that timeline. Oh my so, God, we didn't see this part, Brian. <laughs> I was not going to reveal everything in the first oh shot. Come on. Go ahead. Move move the slide to the right and, and leave the left one there. Okay. And give it a couple of seconds. Go to the uh, 1800s. Okay. Uh, and it seems that names didn't vary that much, but you see the places. Now you see exactly where they are, so you don't need to rely on the map. And if you move totally to the right, to the 
2000s, I'm pretty sure the names, the, the surnames uh, probably are going to stay, but the first names are going to change. So now you have Mary and William and Sarah, which probably is not the same order that they had before. Uh, and another thing important to recognize is that family trees will repeat the names across the history because you want to perpetuate the memory of your ancestors. And one of the way of doing that is giving your child or your grandchild, great-grandchild, the names of the ancestors. So you can see how the names change it through the times. So you have Carla How um, Holloway, who's actually a family member of ours. She just said, oh, my God, I am underutilizing my tool. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It's just this is a, this this is this is amazing. So am I understanding this correctly, that with the breakdown of where the DNA is coming from within a time frame now matched to surnames, we can start extrapolating for instance, with Donia, what families that Nigerian is showing a high correlation with? Am I yeah. understanding that correctly? Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. And it actually goes one step further than that. And I will test that with Donia in a minute. Uh, and, and I will like to say, and I'm, I will never be tired of saying this, you must have a family tree together with your DNA. Because none of them, it's enough on its own in order to understand and to analyze and to be able to uh, expand your knowledge of the uh, genealogy. So now, Donya, let's do this. And we didn't do this before, I know. So I'm taking a risk here. On the right side of the screen where the plus and the minus are, you have on top of that a world map and on top of that a layer. Go go to the that icon, click over there in the layers, and I would like you to select family tree events. And this is something quite unique of my heritage. So you see, this is actually very good. Uh, can you move the slider to the 1850-hundreds? Okay, now... The pins that you are looking in the U.S. are the events from your family tree. So now, Brian, you can see that Donia research actually matches the, her DNA. Okay, so you will be able to see up to 10 generations of birth, marriage and death. And you can zoom in and you will see how your ancestors actually follow the path of the DNA, okay? And, and being so able what? to see those two things together is what validates all your uh, research. So if I can stop you there, what I, I'm trying to think of a way that this could really help specifically African-Americans with enslaved ancestors who were taken from the upper north, upper north, northern south, or even mm -hmm. people from the north, all the way down into the lower south. I'm just trying to think of a way of, of especially for our audience who've either taken it, my heritage DNA test, or uploaded their results elsewhere to my heritage to really, because that, that is the fundamental brick wall. 
for a lot of African-Americans, especially for those whose ancestors were taken into the deep South. If they can figure out a way to use what you're talking about now to be able to break through that brick wall, again, that, that would just be an excellent thing. Well, yes, but um, I, I need to be realistic and I, I hate to create a false expectative because uh, the major problem uh, that those people have is the names on the records. So you can go back certain amount of generations, but at some point, very unfortunately, uh, those people, slave, were not recorded by their names. So mm. it is going to be, I'm not going to say impossible, but very difficult. Now, um, what I'm thinking is that if you can keep track and, and you create probably what it's called a fake tree because uh, you're going to be using the n- last name of the uh, owner, okay, uh, that still will be able to give you a path because probably owners moved with the slave through the same places and, and they bought them uh, from a particular place and they brought them to the plantations. Uh, but there is going to be uh, always uh, a brick wall and a limitation when you cannot combine the DNA with the actual records or with the actual names. But I'm thinking if, for argument's sake, I mean, that this isn't my ancestry, but to say <clears throat> that maybe the last four generations of my family were in, I don't know, the outskirts of Mobile, Alabama. Mm-hmm. But I know that further back in time that that's not where my older enslaved ancestors would have come from. So if I was looking at what Donnie was showing uh, a couple of minutes ago, there was like a lot going along that eastern seaboard going into Virginia. Well, look at it now. Exactly. Look at it now. You kind of know that that's where you have to concentrate your Your research. research. Yes, definitely. That, That will work. As opposed to saying your ancestors probably be, you know, thinking, well, they may have come from Tennessee or Kentucky. Well, my heritage isn't showing any kind of genetic link to those places, but it's showing a whole heck of a lot with like North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia. And so just kind of, kind of trying to get our audience to think of different ways that they can adapt this tool to kind of fit their, fit their research needs. And the other important thing to realize here is that we're not talking about, uh, again, the Nigerian ethnicity, because you may have thousands and thousands of people that are recognized with ancestors in Nigeria. We're Mm -hmm. talking about a very specific group related to you that it was identified in an area. So probably... And, and again, I'm not an expert on the subject, uh, but all the people, the slaves that were brought from Nigeria were divided into different groups. And, and the group that went to, uh, to Alabama is not the same one, that the one that went uh, into, I don't know, Missouri or, or other places in, in the U.S. So this, this is definitely a tool that has its advantages. Now, Tonya, uh, I don't want 
to end this conversation without allowing me to see the or to show the very last feature that we released just a few days ago. Uh, so if you can make me again the host, and in here, in the meantime, I'm going to let everybody know that I have uh, prepared these images in order uh, to respect and to not going over privacy issues. So all the names that you're going to see are uh, fake and, and created. And what I'm showing you now is the DNA matches. And this is the area which I didn't want to use your own DNA. Right. Uh, and what I did here is filter, first of all, to all the matches that I have or allegedly have uh, that have a theory of family relativity. Okay. And let me refresh you that theories are out already for more than a year. And this is just a path that my heritage found between two DNA matches. Now, the path may be right or wrong because it depends on other family trees and records. But for sure, whoever sees here as your DNA match is your match. Now, remember, Brian, what we were talking about reducing uh, and focusing your research. So we took mm -hmm. those genetic groups that we showed before and we apply it here. So now, for example, Donia will want to evaluate her matches. Uh, she doesn't need just to go with all the Nigerians. She can go specifically to those that have uh, Alabama as one of the genetic groups. Now, I have prepared, of course, some other uh, images with my uh, groups, and I have some Bulgarian or even Oslo. So you can go down to resolutions very good and that way you can reduce the huge amount of matches that you should have. But what we just released a couple of weeks ago is on this theory that will again show you the path, how you are related with your other, with your DNA match, which in this case, it's Brian Jansen. But now we're giving you the power to say if this is actually correct or not. Okay, and as I said before, it may be incorrect. And let me show you why. You can see here in the view full theory, and I will encourage everybody to go and to view it because this path may go over different family trees. And when the family trees goes to the 1800s, and if you have a Joseph Smith or, or a John Smith in your tree, uh, things may be getting a little bit iffy, okay? Because there were many John Smith in the 1800. How do you know it's yours or mine? Right. So this path may not be correct. Uh, and you may have more than one theory and more than one path. Uh, and the good thing is that now you can actually confirm this or simply reject and say, no, this is not good. Now, of course, that in one hand, a lot of people are going to say, oh, great, I'm going to finally be able to say yes or nay to those paths or those theories. Uh, but what else? Well, what else is exactly what my heritage is working on? Uh, because once you accepted or rejected, there is a huge amount of things that you can do. For example, if you rejected, why have it over there? Like, 
take it out. Or if you accept it, then instead of going to the tree and copying everything manually, why not clicking a couple of, of buttons and just extracting everything to your tree? Or if you were reviewing your matches out here, uh, why not being able to see and to filter all, all the DNA matches by not only those who have a theory, but those who have a confirmed theory, okay? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of things that we can do with that. This is just baby steps. Uh, this is the first one from many others coming along the year. Uh, I just wanted to bring you a little bit of everything and show you how my heritage doesn't forget any of the features and any of the things that we have developed over years. And what I love is the real sense of kind of joined up thinking that's involved. So but instead of having a standalone tool, really developing a whole suite of tools that sit very, sit very well and work very well together. Yep, that's the idea. And of course, we'd love to hear, to hear uh, from users, uh, comments, questions, feedbacks, uh, because that is what we take into account to make better those tools and to know where we need to focus. Well, I, I swear to the cosmos. Go ahead, Brian. I, I was just going to say, I'm going to swear to the cosmos and Donnie will back me up. When we go off air, I'm going straight into my heritage. Without a doubt. That's going to be me for the rest of the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready to start playing with my heritage, but I just want to thank you guys because this is this this has just been such an eye opener. And um, you know, I think since my heritage likes to listen to the user, which is like a plus for me, times fifty. Let's do some African American stuff. We are. We're trying. Uh, the big problem is that, and, and this is not news for anybody, uh, it is difficult. It is difficult because the amount of records out there is, is not much. Uh, and at some point uh, you have none and, and you lose trace of everything. Uh, but we're taking a, an advantage of the DNA. We are doing some projects and, and hopefully we will be able to refine even more those uh, uh, ethnicity estimations and those uh, genetic groups and probably put you in contact with people that we may not be able to say, you know, this is for sure your second cousin twice removed because of these records, but the DNA doesn't lie. Like right. you have a common ancestor uh, eight or, or six or five generations back and, and you may never know about that specific ancestor, but you know that it's an ancestor. Um, I, I will have to define it nameless, okay, that was brought from Africa to the United States, uh, probably the same story as many others uh, that went to the same path, but you and I will know that is our ancestor. Right. And, and we will have proof that you and I are connected somehow. Well, I'm going to say this. Tell the My Harris Just people to call me and Brian because I'm telling you, 
the records are more frequent than y'all think. And I really, you know, if there's a little more, I'm not saying that my heritage is not including, but a little more inclusion of the of African-American researchers, we're finding stuff left and right, looking at different documents that you guys may not think to look at. So to be a, this is because we're, we're able to find our families way back. You know, we, we have Moses Williams who had 45 children and he has, we found 27 of them and all of them were enslaved. Everybody was enslaved. So oh, I, yeah, so this is, the, I mean, you guys are the best. Like, I don't care what Thank you, you. Not, I, I'm not the only person that's saying that. Somebody on the group, Glenda, made the same comment. She said, my heritage is the best. Well, I don't know. I don't know if we're the best, but definitely we want to be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is awesome. Thank you so much for you know for sharing all of this. We yeah, are just, more than pleasure always. Yes, Brian. I've been scrolling through the well, the, the yeah, the comments and the excitement and stunnedness and enthusiasm. It's just it's just pouring through. So. You generated generated a lot of excitement. I'm very happy and make sure that I'm going to pass this to the people back at the office because uh, one of the things that we're very proud is to let our employees know how they are changing the life of millions around yes. the world. And, and that is probably the best driver for an employee to know that his, his little work in his office that has no probably means to him in the big picture is really uh, being well received and, and it's being applauded and it's, it's being appreciated by somebody out there. Right. Well, we'll, we will certainly send you a link to, um, to the on-demand version of the show and your marketing team and the coding team and whoever was involved. They can read the comments. Um, uh, Excellent. I'm sure, that, I'm sure that some of them will make them blush. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please share this. So um, we're about to go. And we thank you so much again, Daniel, for just sharing all of this information. Wanted to let you know real quick, we have three shows left before we are done for the day, for, the, for this season. <laughs> yeah, for this season. We have three shows left. So make sure you um, watch us. We have Researching enslaved people from slave ships to living descendants, researching enslavers, um, reframing the names, our book club. Oh, it's four shows left. Um, The book club. The the researching from slave ship to living people. That's the talk that I'm that I'm giving for the for the uh, Georgia Genealogical Society. Oh, okay, okay. So it is three shows. Mm -hmm. Three shows and a bonus. Yeah. Three shows and a bonus. And the last one is our wrap-up, season four wrap-up, because we had such a good, good season. We wanted to just wrap it up, talk about it, and mm-hmm. just get you ready for the next one. So thank you again, guys. Hmm? I was going to say thank you so much, Daniel, for, jo- for joining us. And next week, you guys are going to want to catch this one, too, because it's called Researching Enslavers, Reframing the Narrative with Adrian Fikes. Yep. And what she's going to be discussing is ways that descendants of the enslaved and descendants of the enslavers can come together and have a dialogue. Yes. Which is so, 
Enjoy your fourth. Watch the fireworks. I'm Danya. I'm Brian, and we will see you next week right here at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye. Bye.